eternal and all-merciful God, with all the angels and all the saints, we laud your majesty and might. By the resurrection of your Son, show yourself to us and inspire us to follow Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Since this is Heritage Sunday this morning, we are, I'm going to be reading from the Schlauter Bible, which normally just sits there. Um, this is, uh, was given to the church in 1761 by Michael Schlauter, and it's a full Luther Bible, and was restored many years ago. So I'll reread um, our first, uh, uh, you took this away, and I didn't read that then, so <laughs> that's okay, I'm actually going to read from the real Bible I'll I'll find it then. So anyway, so first I have this. Yes, I know it's from X. That's correct. So so first from German and then from English, and then the pastor will read the uh, Holy Gospel uh, after we play the other. So here we go. Der Apostel Geschichte, das neunte Kapitel. Salis aber schneubte noch bin drohen und morden wieder die Jünger des Herrn und ging zum Hohen Priester. Und bat ihn und Briefe gen Damasken an die Schulen, auf das so er, er etliche dieses Weg finde, Männer und Weber, er sie gebunden führte gen Jerusalem. Und da er auf dem Wege war und näher ben Damasken kam, umleuchtete ihn plötzlich ein Licht von Himmel. Und er fiel auf den Erden und hörte ein Stimme, die sprach zu ihm. Saul, Saul, was verfolgst du mich? Er aber sprach, Herr, wer bist du? Der Herr sprach, ich bin Jesus, den du verfolgst. Es wird die, die, dir schwer werden, wieder den Stockel lächeln. Und er sprach sitten und sagen, Herr, was willst du, dass ich tun soll? Der Herr sprach zu ihm, stehe auf und geh in die Stadt, da wird man die sprachen, was du tun sollst. Okay, so now from English. (laughs) Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven uh, flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Um, Here ends the reading of the... uh, (laughs) I don't know what the word of God... Word word of God, word of life. I apologize, I forgot to bring my bulletin up.
You may be seated. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 19. After Jesus had appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. Jesus said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked. And jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore. Full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. 
Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. I'm always so amazed and sometimes even comforted by the way that the lectionary readings become so relevant to our world today and what seems to be happening in the world. Let me tell you what I need. Feed. Tend. Feed. Like any pastor proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want to speak this morning of joy and hope. But sometimes, in the face of what the world throws at us, joy and hope, being joyful and hopeful, seems to become difficult. Sometimes very difficult. It's times like these that we need to experience our risen Lord all over again. We need to nourish ourselves and each other with God's words of love for all of us and for all of God's children, no matter what their age, race, gender, nationality, or where they're located. Feed. Tend. Feed. But just as Jesus suffered a painful death on the road to his glorious resurrection, many of our siblings, our siblings in Christ, dwell today, this morning, not in joy but in sadness, not in hope but in despair. Tragically, this is true of a great many of our children, particularly the children throughout the world suffering in Syria and Yemen and Venezuela and Guatemala and Honduras and Costa Rica, in Iraq, the Sudan, Gaza and Israel. Also, children born with AIDS, children who are hungry everywhere, children and families of servicemen who have lost their lives, or children and and families who have come, whose parent has come home from the war, scarred and wounded physically or mentally. Feed, tend, feed. After his resurrection, Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you love me? Peter responded that he did indeed love the Lord. Then what was Jesus' answer to him? It was not, I'm so glad you love me, Peter. Or, thank you, Peter, for loving me. Jesus told Peter, feed my lambs. Tend my lambs. In other words, make sure they're not hungry. And make sure that they're being taken care of. That was done in a direct and rather forceful way, a mandate, if you will. Also remember that there's always symbolism in underlying most scripture. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? So this mandate from Christ continues to be there to guide the church. That's all of us gathered here today and all throughout the world who profess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. In order to be faithful to this mandate and mission, 
The church must take heed of the lack of safety and suffering of innocent children. We must put our faith into action. Today, as the gospel lesson reminds us, we still need to carry out Jesus' commandment, feed my lambs. Feed, tend, feed. Many young people are desperately searching for meaning and value in their lives. We were fortunate yesterday at the Penn Northeast Conference meeting to in a breakout session about young youth and young adult ministry to hear two young women who from who are in high school express that they don't know what they would do without their church. When does your youth group meet? One of the leaders said to them. And they said every Monday night at seven o'clock. And the other church leader went, Every Monday night at seven o'clock? And the young woman said, yes, we wouldn't miss it. But many young people are desperately searching for meaning and value in their lives, and some find it in church, thanks, praise be to God. But at current rates, about every one in every four teenagers will drop out of high school in this country. And it keeps rising all the time. The suicide rate among adolescents has tripled in the last 30 years. And as we're made so aware of too often and seemingly all the time, gunshot wounds claim the lives of more teenagers than natural causes. These clear-cut signs of sadness and despair among our nation's children and the world's children place serious demands upon people of faith. That's you and me. The Old Testament Hebrew Scripture often witness to the fact that children in need, most especially orphans, are the subject of God's special love and care. This is why his covenant with Israel required that families and the whole whole society take care of widows and orphans. In other words, those who are vulnerable. Feed. Tend. Feed. Jesus himself held children dear to his heart. I'm thinking of the time when he reprimanded those who were keeping children away from him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The Gospel of Mark says that he took the children in his arms and blessed them. Feed. Tend. Feed. Today we have too many examples of the need for trying to find ways to attend to the senseless shootings that take your pick, a church or a synagogue or a mosque or a concert or a casino or a nightclub or help us, dear God, a school, a college, a university, an elementary school. What do we find in those who have gone through and endured, who have gone through and endured things that not only should never have had to, they should never have had to endure. Afterward, they, many of them make a decision to choose to live and to honor and remember the victims by continuing on and sticking together by moving toward change, toward caring for each other and making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to anybody else. Feed, tend, feed. Resilient faith and hope in the overriding strength of banding together to support each other and move on. That just doesn't happen. It has to be intentional. Formation of community takes work. 
That work pays off in situations like what has happened recently at the churches and synagogues and mosques and schools and concerts and nightclubs. It's an example of what we can all learn from and apply to our own interactions as a church and as a community of faith. God knows just how much we need it. Even when we are really far from the ideal set before us, formation of community places serious demands on the people of faith. That's you and me. Jesus felt that children were so important that he said, whoever receives one child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. Mark 9, 36 and 37. You see, Jesus is very clear. We love God through our love for all of God's children. By caring for these little ones, no matter their age, we show our faith in the risen Lord. Nevertheless, we know that the joy and hope which are at the very heart of the good news of Jesus Christ will come to those who say yes to this call to care for our children. All of our children. Caring for all, for children and all of God's creation, it must become our first priority. When we look at the present, we need we see the need all around us, don't we? When we contemplate the future, we recognize the consequences. Or if we don't recognize the consequences, we will just continue to ignore it until it overwhelms us. When we reflect on our faith... We have an idea of what Jesus calls us to do. For all people of faith, the place to begin is in prayer. And for us, the people of God, worshiping here today as we pray, let us ask ourselves, do we love Jesus? The same people of faith, that's you and me, gathered here. We can only say yes if we do all in our power to feed his lambs. These same people of faith, that's you and me, gathered here, we can only say yes if we share our gifts, all our gifts, both spiritual and material, with whomever needs them. Not just the ones who look and act like most, most like us, but share with all of God's children. These same people of faith, that's you and me, gathered here, We can only say yes if we share our gifts with those in need, especially, especially our young children and the young children of the world. You get a theme here? These same people of faith, that's you and me, gathered here, we must, we must remember that all the children of the earth have been created in the image of God and and all the children of the earth have been created in the likeness of God. Therefore, all children are our children. And all children are created in the image and with the likeness of God. Feed, tend, feed. Which brings us back to today's gospel story. Listen again to what happened after breakfast. Remember the breakfast that they had? The fish and the bread? This time from the message translation. John 21, 15 to 19. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He then said a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, master, you know I love you. 
Jesus said, shepherd my sheep. Then he said it a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was upset that he asked for the third time, do you love me? So Peter answered, master, you know everything there is to know. You've got to know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I'm telling you the very truth now. When you were young, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wished. But when you get old, you'll have to stretch out your hand while someone else dresses you and takes you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to hint at the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then Jesus commanded, follow me. So as we take up the same invitation for our own lives, we are called to feed, tend, feed. Finally, we need to remember that all of this needs to happen in the name of Jesus the shepherd who feeds us and tends us and feeds us again. Amen. God, you have greeted us in our brokenness and nourished us with the body of Christ broken for us. Risen to new life with you, send us now to bear your healing love into the wounded world. In the name of our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Just prior to receiving the benediction, we're going to um, I'll say the benediction, we'll sing our final hymn, etc. If you... Um, would like to move toward the front if you're going to if you would like to stay for the um, the proclamation about the uh, the cornerstone celebration of the laying of the cornerstone. Um, if you need to go on, we understand. Or if you would like to go to lunch, we're going to have lunch after we do the little commemoration service, which shouldn't last too long. So you can move uh, about that after we do um, the, the dismissal at the end. Now receive these words of benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now and always and unto ages of ages. Amen. actually written in German but it's in English for us and uh, even though they were German our cornerstone is also in English so that's an interesting uh, little fact inasmuch as the Lord desires to dwell where his name is honored as promised to be present where two or three are gathered together in his name and inasmuch as no congregation can worthily and properly and with edification conduct divine service without a church building And inasmuch as the Union Church in Salisbury Township, Lehigh County, Pennsylvania, has become old and insecure as to make it unsafe to hold services therein, the congregation therefore being compelled to tear down the same, 
and having now no suitable building of their own in which religious services may be held, and yet such building is absolutely necessary to perpetuate our holy religion, especially for the proper hearing of the preached word, the administration of the holy sacraments, and the furtherance of our own and our children's salvation. And since both congregations have resolved to erect a new church building on the site of the old, it is deemed necessary to proclaim to the world the purpose, object, and the denominational faith for which this building is erected. Therefore, we proclaim to the present and future generations that on this Ascension Day, May 20th, in the year of our Lord, 1819, under the administration of James Monroe, President of the United States, and William Findlay, Governor of the State of Pennsylvania, is laid the cornerstone of a German Evangelical Lutheran and Reformed Church, and that upon the completion of this work it shall be dedicated to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost for all time, and shall be known as Jerusalem Church. That it is said that it is and shall continue to be a union church of the Evangelical Lutheran and Reformed denomination, wherein the gospel of Christ shall be preached and the holy sacraments administered in accordance with the teachings of Jesus and the apostles, a summary of which is contained in our catechisms, which are herewith put into this cornerstone, that future generations may know what our confession is. If hereafter persons should arise who deny their Lord, despite God's word and sacraments, and their saving truths, we call heaven and earth to witness that we are free from all blame. The building which we here erect shall be our witness that we revere an evangelical Christianity and desire its furtherance. That we expect our children and children's children to remain faithful to their church. That here the aged and young shall be awakened, encouraged, comforted, and fitted for eternity. With such a desire and purpose, we can confidently look to God and declare with Jacob, this stone which we have set for a pillar shall become God's house, a place where he will reveal himself. Given in Salisbury this 20th day of May in the year of our Lord, 1819, and in the 43rd year of the independence of the United States, and subscribed to by the elders, deacons, and building committee of both congregations to with together with the respective pastors. And it lists all of that. It also goes on, and I'm not going to read the rest of this, but it also goes on to give rules. And there are uh, ten of them, which talk, it's basically like our bylaws from 1819. They have been changed many times over uh, uh, since then, uh, but interestingly enough to read. And so that was, and remember, this was a Thursday. They gathered together, and the uh, reports are that there were hundreds of people here on a Thursday for this proclamation to be read and for the cornerstone to be laid. Now, think for a a year from now, and we will celebrate the 200th anniversary of the dedication of our building. And I think uh, it's really important to remember that on this day, on that day, so May 20th when it happens, 200 years ago, this church was from thence on named Jerusalem. If you read my uh, newsletter article this month, you'll know that it's a lot easier to say Jerusalem, Western Salisbury Church, than it is to say Schmaltzgoss, which was our old name. So thank you very much, and please come and enjoy our fellowship. Yes, that's correct. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we give thanks. For this history, we ask that you would continue to change us and transform us in new ways so that we honor our past and create our future together. 
We ask that you would bless this food to our body's use and sake. Bless the hands that prepared it and served it. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace to you.